to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. Just a short episode this week, but another important case, this time in the form of the Crown on the application of Black and the Secretary of State for Justice. And the citation for this case is 2017 UKSC 81. In this particular case, we go back to looking at the smoking ban in the UK that is now more than 10 years old. The individual bringing this judicial review case, Mr Black, is a prisoner serving his sentence at Wymut near Preston for repeat sexual offences. He is in fact a non-smoker and suffers from health issues that are exacerbated by second-hand smoke. His common complaint is that in common areas of the prison shared by inmates, the smoking ban is not being enforced. As a result of this, he requested that prisoners should have access to the NHS smoke-free compliance line by adding it to the prison phone system. In the end, he was granted access to this phone line, but only for himself, and furthermore, the Secretary of State responded to a letter stating that the smoking ban does not actually apply to prisons, as they are the responsibility of the Crown. Taking this into account, Black issued the current judicial review proceedings, and while he was successful in the High Court, he lost in the Court of Appeal, who instead agreed with the Secretary of State. With the case up in the air, Black appealed to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick it up. The smoking ban itself derives from the Health Act 2006, but this is actually not of great importance here. Even the fact that during the passage of the bill, Her Majesty's Prison Service appeared to assume that they would fall under the ban is of little consequence because the key issue in this case is one of statutory interpretation. The general rule is that Acts of Parliament do not bind the Crown unless there are express words to that effect, or if there is a necessary implication, i.e. where the language used clearly implies such an intent. This rule dates back to Province of Bombay and Municipal Corporation of the City of Bombay 1947, but was perhaps most clearly set out by Lord Keith in the somewhat more recent case of Lord Advocate and Dumbarton District Council 1990. In fact, a great number of Acts of Parliament are actually passed on the basis of this presumption, and thus we start to get a hint as to why the Supreme Court would be reluctant to unilaterally overturn such a rule, as the effect would be retrospective, and so any number of cases that operate on a similar principle would start to come out of the woodwork and have a seriously negative effect on legal certainty. With this in mind, the only way for Black to succeed would be if the Health Act 2006 could indeed be interpreted in such a way so that the Crown can be held to be bound by the ban. In this sense, there are some arguments that work in his favour. For example, during the passage of the bill, there was no indication from the government that the Crown would be excluded from the ban, nor that they were deliberately omitting mention of the Crown as part of any policy goal. Furthermore, when it comes to looking at the aim of the Act, there is a clear benefit in protecting a range of people from the dangers of second-hand smoke. And by not applying the ban to the Crown, the government would essentially be denying these people any statutory protection. In spite of this, more persuasive arguments are in favour of the smoking ban not applying to the Crown. In the first instance, the Act simply does not say anywhere in it that the smoking ban binds the Crown. In other Acts of Parliament where this is the intention, that is set out in plain language with relevant details in accompanying provisions. At this point, the Supreme Court gave the example of the Health and Safety at Work Act 1974, and even pointed to a part of the Health Act 2006, 
where a clear delineation is made between the Crown and others affected by the statute. Finally, if the Act does not bind the Crown, this does not all of a sudden mean that the legislation is useless, as there are other admittedly less effective means of enforcing the ban, such as by way of voluntary action. Taking all of these arguments into account, it is therefore clear that the smoking ban does not apply to the Crown. In the lead judgment from Lady Hale, however, it is abundantly clear that this decision was reached with a great deal of reluctance, and that the rule of interpretation very much ties the hand of the Supreme Court. In fact, she goes so far as to suggest that both the Law Commission and Parliament should seriously look into this rule, and consider legislating in order to change it. This makes a lot of sense, as while there is some nuanced constitutional reason for the Crown being exempt, in reality there is no strong reason for retaining this, and it is frankly a little bit embarrassing that this is part of a democratic legal system in the 21st century. Altering the legislation associated with the ban is straightforward, but why not also just change the presumption going forward so that this does not happen again in the future? If for some reason the Crown should not be affected by a statute, then this could be made clear in the Act itself, but that should not be the default position. Well, thank you very much for tuning in again to the UK Law Weekly podcast. Thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the music. Remember, check out the website at uklawweekly.com and also my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Marcus Cleaver. I'll be back with another episode next week, but in the meantime, bye!